Hi there, I'm Tom Reardon, and welcome to episode five of The Cookie List Present by Sugar Free. Our goal for this show is to share honest conversations with advertising and marketing industry experts who are living through a changing digital identity landscape. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Sean Sweeney. Sean is someone who's held leadership roles at Coegi and MediaMath. He's a fellow Chicagoan and musician, and over the past two plus years, he's been helping growth advertisers through his venture, First Position Digital. Sean, thank you very much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Before we get started, uh, why don't you walk us through your background a little bit and how you spent your career prior to founding First Position Digital? Sure. Well, it's uh, it's been a, I'm a little long in the tooth in digital, so I've, I've been doing this about 23 years. Uh, I have sort of a unique skill set. You know, in those 23 years, I've spent it on three different sides of the marketplace. So I started with uh, on the brand side, working for and representing brands like eBay, Apartments.com, and Cars.com, and then. Um, you know, I also got into the ad tech side of the market, working with Datomi initially, and then uh, Rubicon, and then MediaMath on the DSP sides. And then uh, I moved on to an agency in the Midwest that kind of taught me how the agencies work as well. So I kind of had this unique perspective from three different sides of the market. And um, over those over that time, I really just started to enjoy working with brands and and learning about their business and trying to figure out, you know, and solve the problem of how do you drive their outcomes that they're looking for through paid digital. And so that's what I really learned about myself is that I, I enjoy helping, you know, address that and solve that problem with the brands. And so first position digital came about, um, you know, it, it was during the pandemic, you know, during the pandemic, I'm sure as you, for you too, it's like, you know, a lot of people just kind of rethought their career path and what they wanted to do and you know i've always i don't, I don't think i've ever thought i, I was going to start an agency but uh, i always wanted to start a business and i always wanted to work with brands mainly directly and so um first position digital came about to um to kind of fulfill that that desire that i had to work with brands directly but i also work with creative agencies as well that need a partner they can rely on for paid digital so what first position digital does is we just we work with brands mainly but also creative agencies that need help Kind of and guidance through uh, paid digital marketing, and they need expert strategies and and uh, successful business outcomes through their paid digital channels. Whether it's search, whether it's paid social, or whether it's programmatic, which um, which we offer solutions for. So, you know, I haven't looked back since doing it. Uh, you know, it's as an entrepreneur, as you know, Tom, it's it's uh, it's always up and down. But I've you know, I'll never look back. It's It's been one of the most rewarding things I've done so far. So I've kind of taken all that experience, put it into this company and uh, working with some brands that uh, uh, that were helping kind of deliver their business outcomes for. So that's that's, well, that's excellent. Congrats on your first couple of years of success. Is is there an advertiser segment that you tend to target specifically or that you feel like you're, you're best suited for? Yeah, it's, you know, in the past I worked with, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of big brands like, you know, the Targets of the World, uh, Allstate, State Farm, Meyer, Ally Bank, Callaway, Golf. Um, and I've gained a lot of experience working with those brands and understanding what they really need and want. Um, and, you know, while I, I am not suited uh, to, to manage those and, and to handle the needs of those big brands, because they're very complex and they need a lot of support. You know, I think big agencies can kind of manage that for them. You know, where my sweet spot is, I feel, is helping those middle market brands, the brands that have 10 million to a billion in revenue. And there's a lot of them out there. I would argue there's more of them than there are the Fortune 500 that really need help navigating uh, paid digital because it's it's 
it's difficult. It's, you know, we, we, the promise of paid digital was supposed to be that it was going to become more efficient and it hasn't, as you know, it's become more complex, probably by design, right? Uh, keep some people in business, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, I feel like the value that we can provide, uh, is more suitable for middle market brands that, that really need that help and that navigation and, and we can support them uh, through that journey. So, especially now with the whole, with all these privacy issues coming up and the changes that the major platforms are making almost by month, it seems like these days, I think that's where we, that's our sweet spot and where we can really help is these middle market brands. And, you know, we started out, started out trying to be vertical focused. Uh, you know, I, I was really honing in on CPGs and, and uh, QSRs at the time, but uh, it quickly moved out of that because uh, frankly, the referrals I received, especially when I first started up, uh, you know, the first several clients were not those in those industries at all. So, but it really, I, you know, I feel pretty strongly that the solutions that we can apply can really apply across any vertical, right? It's just understanding, it, it takes understanding what the business is trying to achieve, learning about the business as well, right? Learning how their business works and try to get as much knowledge you can, as you can about their business. And then taking that and coming up with a, a digital program, and uh, that includes what channels, what technology, what uh, measurements, uh, you know, strategy we're going to utilize to be able to measure all of this. And really, it, it really come, it, it really is those three pieces that can you can take and apply to almost any vertical out there. So um, I think that's where we feel our strong suit is, is being able to do that and adapt to really any vertical uh, brand that that needs that help. Makes total sense. And it's a time of tremendous change. So there's certainly an appetite for that thought leadership um, to help help guide brands through this period. So I use that as a transition to go ahead and get into some of the questions for today. Um, starting as a consumer rather than an advertising expert, in a given week, do you think about privacy? You know, what's kind of your general orientation? Are you somebody who's happy to share your information with entities that request it? Do you keep your, you know, your PII guarded and close to the chest? <laughs> Um, you know, how, how much of an issue is this for you as a person? And then we'll talk about how it's kind of bled into your day job or not. Yeah. I mean, when I was younger in my twenties, I probably, I didn't care. I really didn't care. I mean, you have to think of my time frame. I'm a Gen Xer. So when, you know, I was, I started in this business in 99, the internet was just, you know, proliferating and permeating into a lot of different aspect, aspects of our life. Like I remember, when we when when there was a bank called Wintrust Bank, it was the, I think it was the first online only bank ever, and I remember when it came out, and I was so bullish on the internet at the time that I was like, I just got to dive into it, you know, like full body and just jump into this. So when I you know, and at the time, like <laughs> signing up with a online bank with all your personal information <laughs> was kind of you know, in fact, stupid, you know, to think about. Uh, you know, when people are like, why are you signing up with an online bank? I'm like, I don't know. I want to see how it works. Like, I want to see if it's, if it's more efficient. It, can I say it says I could save money. Um, and so I, you know, in my younger days, I really didn't care. Now, the tools that are out there now are much different than the tools back then. So it was easy for uh, folks like me back then to be able to be like, eh, it's not a big deal. Now, uh, especially being a dad, um, you know, I think now I've become a little bit more concerned. Um, you know, I always joke with my daughter, like, man, you wish you would have grown up in the 80s and 90s because you didn't have these issues with like leaving the trail behind digitally. 
when you look at things like you know the proliferation of AI and that, things like Chat GTP that are coming out and using data that it or, that is already out there to come up with um, solutions or answers, I am starting to get concerned. I mean, I, you know, the long term effects of having our, our our path out there, you know, things like your Google Maps, like it's kind of creepy to me that Google sends me once a month an email saying, "Here's everywhere you've been in the last month." It's like. I don't remember signing up for that. I mean, I shut that off after I got that. But so I think nowadays I'm definitely a little bit more skeptical, which is tough because we work in this industry where the only way this works is if we can understand it, the only way this works well is if we can understand the most about you without knowing that you're Tom or that I'm Sean. Right. Um, so I, I think, um, you know, I, I think our industry has done a really poor job in you know, that whole value exchange and explain that whole value exchange to the consumer over the years that like, look, in order for us to give you free internet and free visits to these websites that you love, you know, we need to know a little bit more about you to be able to then sell advertising to offset that cost, right? The server costs, and everything else. Um, we've just done it. I feel like we've done a poor job as an industry and in not um, addressing that or, you know, coming up, coming up with some sort of talk track to talk to the consumer and say, look, it's really is we're not focused on you, Tom. We're focused on you, male in your 30s living in Chicago who likes music. Right. So um, because of that, I think, you know, Apple kind of took it to another level with the iPhone and kind of made it a product feature to kind of, you know, uh, scare people into like, oh, my gosh, I don't want this anymore. So we lost the, the high ground on that, on that discussion. And so. I think that along with some of these AI advancements that are coming out and that will continue to come out over the next few years is really going to freak some people out. Me probably too as well, even though I'm very much open to, hey, I'll share it with brands that I trust, right? Because I want a personalized experience from the brands that I like. But uh, the brands I don't like, I don't want them to have that data. And so there's no controls yet that I know of that are easy to use from the consumer standpoint to be able to shut off and turn on each of those possibilities and so mm -hmm. but but you're saying that, that had we better explained the value exchange as an industry over a longer time period and not gotten to a point right now where many consumers feel caught off guard that their data is for sale maybe we could have earned more goodwill and people wouldn't be so freaked out right now yeah i don't think it would have stopped the proliferation of ai and the tools that are being developed now i just think that you know for example like google has probably the most data in the world on everybody Right. Um, and they're going to come out with or they're coming out with, you know, their their version of chat GTP for search. I mean, you know, they, they can use that tool, that data in a lot of different ways. They already do. Right. So, I mean, I think that because we didn't groom the consumer to understand, like, how we're using this data, I think now that these tools look and feel a little bit scarier to people, they're, you know, we're getting thrown in, we're getting thrown into that mix as well. Like, oh, this advertising is bad using this data. And, you know, while, while at the federal level, the laws have not reached us yet, it's still out there and it could, and, but things like CCPA and, you know, now Colorado's adopting it and Utah and Virginia just adopted the CCPA or version of it. You know, it's kind of forcing our hand a little bit and, and putting us in a bad light, I feel like. And so, you know, that's one of the things I, I am regretful of as an industry is that we never really had that that direct conversation with the consumer about the value exchange that's happening when you visit a website. And so um, so I think, you know, in my personal life, I've kind of evolved on this whole thing. Initially, I was like, who cares? You know, I don't have anything that people can worry about, you know, 
But I think things like TikTok and you know some of the surveillance that's going on there, coupled with uh, Facebook uses data, Google uses data, and that's let's face it, that's where most of the budgets go anyway these days. So about fifty percent, I think, right now. Um, you know, I think we're leaving it in other people's hands, and at some point, I think we're going to have to put it back in the consumer's hands, even more so than just saying allow, not allow. Right? It's going to have to be a little bit more of a controlled technology that we that we as the consumer own. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that will help the industry as well and hopefully get us back into a positive light versus what I feel like right now is a negative consumer sentiment about us, right? <clears throat> that makes a lot of sense. Um, and I tend to align that on a personal level, I've gotten a lot of use out of giving my data to tech companies and I feel comfortable in many instances doing it. But as an advertising practitioner and someone who's you know, spent time getting their hands dirty with large data sets, um, you know, you're just a few phone calls away from really incredible um, PII resolution and um, yeah. all, all the things that you've heard about are true, right? And, and, and what you can do with um, personal data is, is true. Um, There's just a tremendous responsibility for those who have access to it and, and for how they're going to use it. Yeah. And a good example, too, to think about is like Instagram. Like I have bought several things off of Instagram that have been algorithm to me because it's relevant to me, right? Now, but the, the flip side of that coin is many people still believe that like Facebook's listening to all your conversations. That's a direct violation of their privacy, right? And so these are the things that we kind of have to shine a light on as an industry and, and we should, and those things need to be kind of hashed out and like, and, and made more transparent to the consumer, right? Because that doesn't help us, right? We're the ones selling those ads, you know, to, for brands on behalf of brands, we're the ones managing that for brands. and it's, it's just putting us all in a bad light and we're just not addressing it in, in a way that we're playing defense versus offense is really what it yep, comes yep. down. Yeah, with a perception issue largely. Yeah. So moving away from the perception of going into your day job, do you think we really do run campaigns differently today than we did a few years ago? Um, there's There's been massive changes to how consumers are visible on the internet, but we also usually talk about, you know, the subsequent changes that are going to come, the, the um, Chrome finally getting rid of the cookie in the future, maybe more privacy coming to Android. Okay. Yeah. Where, where do you sit today when you're advising customers on how to run campaigns? Does it feel like you're still able to get a lot of value of kind of the traditional digital um, targeting? Or do, you, do you see that identity loss is impacting your recommendations and how you run campaigns already today? Well, I, I think the... The fact that the addressable audience has shrunk, I think now it's, you know, I mean, there's different numbers out there. I've seen anywhere from 30 to 50% now is addressable um, digital, in digital. Um, so right there, your, your pool has gone from this to this, right? So, you know, that's impacted everything. Um, I think what, what I've seen is, especially from these middle market brands, they're kind of running back to their safety net, which is Google and Facebook, right? Um, and they're just, they seemingly are going deeper on Google specifically, which is funny because, like I said, Google these days is acting very weird, at least to to agencies like us, where you know they're sending me like three different reps to try to call on us and try to get us to spend more money through these brands. They know exactly, you know, they have access to see what the brands are doing, and because we're managing the platforms and and uh, you know, and then every month it seems like they're coming up with a new thing. Like, all right, we're changing this in three months, right? We're changing this in three months. GA is going to change now to GA4, and this is what you're going to lose in tracking. So, I mean, it's all happening really fast. And so, you know, I, I, we're, we're keeping up with as an agency because we have to. I can imagine the brands, 
you know, are probably struggling a little bit more than we are. So I think that's affecting everything right now, all those constant changes that are happening. And I think it's because Google and maybe Facebook too is Facebook's doing something similar where they're sending out these changes, uh, you know, like once a quarter now. And it feels like they're all preparing for what's what they feel is going to happen, which is potentially a federal uh, a federal law that comes down the pike. I don't know if that'll ever happen given our the, our stalemate in Congress these days. But I think that um, you know I I think it's already affecting how marketers are are trying to deal with this. Now, does it? You know, we it's still frustrating to see that like Google and Facebook get the still the and when you throw in Amazon, you're talking like sixty percent of you know every uh every marketing budget for digital is going towards those three platforms so and we're and i'm seeing that at least on the middle market level that they are investing more in those those kind of home base platforms that they're more familiar with and testing is a little bit more um, difficult to get out of brands to try to test new things um ctv kind of breaks that mode a little bit because i think everybody wants to try to try to run CTV, test it, see how it's doing. But for the most part, like to get them to do audio and some other, you know, digital out of home has become a little bit more difficult. So I think, I think these days, you know, everything has to lead back to trackable performance. But as you know, you know, that's measurement is going to become a real big issue once, you know, Google decides to switch off the, the cookies and Chrome. And um, it's already an issue, I think, right now, uh, measurement. But you know, it, it, these things are impacting things today for sure. And I think that the brands that don't stay on top of it or have a partner that can help them stay on top of it and help them navigate those waters are really going to be left behind, especially the middle market brands, because there are not solutions out there that I've seen at, that I've seen that can really be affordable and do the same things that these big brands can do with things like, uh, you know, uh, like CDPs and data clean rooms and 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 aligning that with identity resolution solutions right like those three things together are very expensive and take a lot of time and level of effort for brands to uh to manage and to work through and so you know middle market brands don't have that kind of capital to invest in that and so you know what i'm seeking out is, is to try to help with some of this is like you know what's a really good CDP that can help with identity resolution, but that's affordable for some of these middle market brands. My biggest concern going into when Chrome does shut off the cookies is, okay, so what happens to these middle market brands? I mean, I know the brands like the big brands are going to be fine. Like P&G talks about it. You know, they already think they figured it out. You know, uh, Pritchard's talking about how he's figured it out already. Great. You saved a lot of money. Great. But he has a lot of money to be able to figure it out, right? Like these middle market brands that you know, they don't have these kind of budgets to figure this out. So my concern is how does that trickle down to those middle market brands and how do they respond to it? And you know, I'm I'm still seeking out some of those solutions that are reliable that can really scale uh, for some of those brands. So it's it's definitely things are being impacted now. And I think looking towards the future a little bit, um, these are things that have to be figured out as an industry to address the issues that I think are going to be coming, especially to those middle market brands. Right. Yeah. It's interesting hearing the different perspective from middle market brands. I think the consolidation into some of the bigger platforms is a trend that's continued. It's not always the same um, giant platforms these days as it was a decade ago. You mentioned Amazon starting to get a bigger piece of the pie, but that certainly seems like one bet is to just make, um, to, to buy familiar faces. Um, nobody ever got fired for buying Google. That's but the right. other point we make, I think, is a really interesting one, um, that middle market brands have less of an opportunity to use first party data. First party data is, of course, one of the major solutions being touted for third party cookie loss is that you can just move to a first party model. 
And at Adobe, we spent a ton of time consulting with advertisers on, on how to build their stores of first party data, but um, saw the same issue you did, which is for smaller and more mid-market brands. It's just hard. It's a big lift. It's an organizational change that um, requires a lot of change management, a lot of assistance. Um, it just isn't easy today. So yeah, there, and there's DSPs out there that can help with that, right? Like you know, uh, we're, we're we use Basis. Basis has a great solution for first-party data to utilize. They, they're partnered with LiveRamp. It's it's a pretty seamless process. The the issue is from the brand's perspective, they want to own the data, not Basis, right? So they want to have it in house. They want to control the CDP aspect of that, right? For their own uses, and I understand that. So it's you know I've yet to see that independent solution that is scalable enough, you know, in terms of scaling down to meet a middle market brand's need as well as uh, uh, capital requirement um, to be able to operate efficiently for them and 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 make sense for them financially and. So I'm I'm still searching for that and and I think and other solutions like identity resolution and and how to have an affordable solution for that as well. But um, yeah, it's it's a challenge for sure. And I think it's you know I'm hopeful that technology will come along to be able to address that. Maybe there is some stuff out there that I'm just not aware of. That's so there's sales reps who listen to this podcast. So check your DMs afterwards yeah. <laughs> and let me know we hear. <laughs> I know I probably set myself up there, but you no, know, it's true though. I mean, it is it is a need in the market and. Um, you know, I think it's something that if they, if, if someone can come up with a good solution, I mean, I, I, there is a partner in Detroit I've talked to that has a pretty decent solution. I'm not sure if it's scalable or not, but, um, cause it's untested, but, you know, I think there are some solutions out there, but they're just not getting out into, uh, uh, into the hands, I think of these middle markets yet, and maybe they are, and I don't see it, but, um, you know, we'll, but either, either way, your point that it's complicated and there's a few pieces to it, creating the data, owning the data, having the rights, deploying it and using it, right. It's just, it's. There's, there's a lot to it. Let's, you know, yeah, let's the other thing to think about, too, is these middle market brands don't have the legal team rest this issue as well. Like, you know, Pritchard has a probably a slew of legal uh, legal eagles that he can work with to, to you know, craft their policies and make sure that they're using their data in a privacy responsible manner. You know, these smaller brands just don't have that. So, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how that evolves as part of this privacy and uh, uh world for digital advertising and, and how that's addressed. <clears throat> so going forward a couple of years, do you think that's the same conversation we're having? How do we use first party data? What are some alternatives or, or what are some like big changes that you think we might see over the next few years as, as it relates to this topic? It's a good question. I think, um, I think measurement's going to be a mess. Uh, I think nobody's really figured out measurement. You can go, you know, you can look at the media mixed model. You can look at uh, test versus control. You can, you can do all kinds of things. But I think, you know, either my hope is that we'll be used to non-perfect information informing how to uh, move forward with a digital strategy. Right. I think it's going to put agencies like mine in a really tough spot in the next few years, all these changes, because we're going to have imperfect data to optimize to. And the and therefore the brands will have imperfect data to um, to intake and and make decisions against uh, as you know, to move their business forward. And so I think that's down the road that's going to be a challenge is kind of navigating and helping them understand that like look it's not just us underperforming it's really we're just doing the best we can with the signals that we're getting from Google and Facebook and all these different platforms which are now going to be a little bit more. Uh, less granular and more general. 
And so well, at that um, point, Sean, you might be working with the Google DSP or or the Ad Exchange, formerly known as AdX, or these different components. Do you think we'll continue to see a breakup of some of these tech partners? I think you'd mentioned a few conversations ago, Facebook being someone you you felt like um, could potentially be in the crosshairs of regulators. Do you think we're dealing with less of these consolidated super players and more of the individual pieces in the future? We'll see. I mean, I, I, it seems like the government is pretty hell bent on going after Google right now and trying to break it up like AT&T style back in the 80s. Um, I'm less convinced that that's going to happen to Facebook only because, you know, iOS 14 from Apple really screwed Facebook. They really made a huge impact to their business in terms of how they can then target those Apple users on their platform. Um, and, you know, you can hear Zuckerberg talking about it in the quarterlies, like he would flat out talk about it and say how it impacted the business. Now, they're still making billions a quarter, but, you know, in advertising. But at the end of the day, it did have an impact. And so I'm not necessarily convinced they're going to go after Facebook. I mean, they brought him in how many times to talk through it. And, um, you know, so I, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. I think Amazon will continue to grow as a as a option for media buyers like myself. Um, I'm interested in seeing what happens to the DSPs because I can envision in the next several years, the DSPs having less value down the road, especially if the, the AI proliferates the way I think it might um, to where, you know, there'll be brands that'll try just do an automated AI buying directly themselves, right? Someone will come up with that solution. And um, if it's a good enough bot, <laughs> You know, if it's a good enough program that could, you know, get by with decent results, you know, and save on a fee from an, from a DSP, you know, I could see that potentially being the case and then plugging into the supply chain directly through this this new technology. So I don't know, like that's kind of what I look at down the road, probably five, six years down the road is, is that going to be prolific now where we're going to use AI primarily as the decisioning engine and optimization engine? And everybody else is going to have to plug into that, which will force the hand of the, the, the publishers a little bit. And then it kind of puts the DSPs on the outside. Um, you know, I think that could be something down the road that could happen. I hope not, you know, in some ways, but because uh, I would be affected by that, of course. But I think it's inevitable that it's that some sort of solu- AI solution is going to try to come out and say, hey, you don't need DSPs anymore. We can plug in directly with the publishers and do it all automatically and you're not paying us a big fee. Well, I think as technology has shown us the, the jobs then of the future, the, the media trader will no longer be the one running campaigns and setting bids, but they'll be managing the AI that is running campaigns and setting bids, right? Like the AI still need the keeper um, sort of thing. Yeah, it, it's a, yeah, and I think that it, it's, it's a good argument to make. Whether the technology works or not, we'll see, right? I still think you need humans to guide and to, to provide insight, right? Data can only tell you so much. You got to be able to interpret the data properly. I think that's where experts come into play and really people who have have worked across different channels uh, on digital and work with brands on strategies in the past and understand the business that you're in. I think we, you know, we still have value there. Right. Um, But I do think there'll be some, especially some big brands. Like I could see like a a P&G trying that with one of their brands, you know, because what do they have to lose? Um, And and like, you know, I was talking about it, the ANA and saying how telling how great it is, but you know, I don't necessarily think it's going to it's going to be throughout the industry, but I think 
I think it'll capture some market share if that technology comes to exist in five years, which I think it will. I think someone's going to try it and and you know, see if they can kind of cut out every part of that process, at least as much as possible, but, you know, see if they can cut it out. So, well, I like this idea that during um, this period of data loss, um, signal loss, changes in technology, advertisers are going to need to lean on trusted agents on their behalf um, and go with their gut and go with, um, have faith in their partners in a way that we did not before. You, you will, it'll be, it'll be much more difficult to be data driven during this next little period where we're seeing so much change um, than it was in the past, I think. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, data driven is not going to be just a, just a throw around term that everybody uses That'd be real. And it's going to be, if you're not data driven, you're going to lose big time to your competitors. So um, what'll be interesting over time is like, how does the full funnel strategy evolve? Does that go away? Does that continue to, you know, make sense for a lot of brands? I mean, I, I very much subscribe to, brands really operating, at least in digital, operating a full funnel strategy. I've always believed that. I've seen the results of that be very successful. Not every brand can do it, right? Some just have to get the bottom line quickly. And, you know, I understand that. But, um, you know, I'm curious to see how this may impact that feeling and that um, holistic approach down the road is will technology kind of nullify that or will we always need to do upper funnel you know, brand awareness and whatnot. I mean, if, if you're going to have less data to be able to target certain people, I can't see where that goes away, right? Maybe or a Super Bowl, Super Bowl ad becomes more valuable because that's, you know, the impact of that is more obvious than, than um, other more data-driven tactics. Well, I, I got to think that, I mean, I know it's, 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 we've talked about this as an industry for a while, but I have to think at some point that CTV and linear TV are going to merge down the road and just be one, you know, addressable, channel uh in a mass audience channel regardless of how they're ingesting that content um i do feel that that's going to merge at some point maybe it's five years down the road but i think that'll become easier uh for brands to manage as well and i think you know audio we'll see if, if audio continues its its uh its rise uh in terms of you know brands trying to test it out digital out of home same thing i think those are the future i think display ads are gonna you know They've already kind of gone down. Although it's funny, I keep reading this research that comes out from like Ad Exchanger where it's like display is still the number one bought uh, type of, of creative and uh, uh, channel, so to speak, on on programmatic, which makes me laugh because it's like, really, we're still just just doing display ads. So um, it's interesting. It's a good business for a lot of people. Um, any, last, any last words, um, Sean, we're coming up on time. Any last words you want to leave our, our audience with before we wrap today? Yeah, I mean, I would just say that, you know, if you are one of those middle market brands, I mean, start having the conversation with the C-suite now about how these changes coming about in privacy um, are really going to affect your business. And they will, um, you know, from the digital marketing perspective, you know, you got to think about, you know, you got to start talking to CDP partners. You got to start talking to identity resolution partners, potentially, and really start investigating, you know, the agency partners that you want to work with that have this experience and the technology and the resources to be able to assist you in that journey, um, because it's going to be it's going to be a big impact, especially when Google finally <laughs> shuts down the cookies in Chrome, which I guess is still going to be Q4 2014. I guess is still what they're looking I at. I think right so. Yep. Well, that's what they say. Who knows? We'll see. But um, but I think it's going to be you, you really need to start laying the groundwork now and start testing with different metrics that you're not necessarily comfortable with testing with right now 
to see the difference in performance that you can expect when things are not going to be addressable uh, down the road. And I think the sooner you have those conversations and the sooner you start collecting your first party data as, you know, as much as possible, um, the better off you're going to be when, you know, Chrome, which is still, I think, the, the most utilized browser will shut down that access and it'll be an impact. So start thinking about it, start talking to the C-suite, come up with a plan, start, you know, start uh, capturing your first party data and uh, start talking to the vendors and agencies that you can trust to, and learn which ones you can trust to help you through that journey. You heard them, advertiser. I'm, time to get on it. <laughs> so it is thank time. you, Sean. I really appreciate you joining me. Um, thank you, everyone who tuned in to listen. If you want to hear more conversations like this, you can find all our past episodes on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. I'll continue to post fresh conversations every few weeks. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.